DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, a religious community dedicated to retreats and spiritual direction according to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He is featured on several series found on the Eternal Word television network. He's also the author of numerous books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, as well as other works focused on aspects of the spiritual life. A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leone Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. Always wonderful to be here. When we come to the close of an episode in one of our conversations, I am remarkably enthusiastic about the next conversation. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I, this is a story I've never heard before, and every part of it has just captured my heart. It's, it's a strange thing. You, you want to rest with what you've just heard, but you're excited about what will come. And I think there are many listeners out there that probably feel the same way. So thank you so much. Well, I guess I'm the first one to feel that way because um, I will say this, the last piece of the preparation that I did was to read the entirety of Leonie's letters to her three sisters uh, after Therese's death. And that's, I think I mentioned maybe 342 letters. So that was not a a quick thing. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to see, you know, the years passing uh, as the letters are being written. But I will say that when I got to the end, there was a sense of loss. Oh, that's all there is in the story. Mm. And that made me realize just how engaged I had gotten in the story. And in a sense, that isn't all there is in the story because her story is really blossoming now as of 2015, five years ago, when her cause of canonization was introduced there is just a a flowering of interest in Leonie. I think we're really at the beginning, really, of the interest and impact in her life. Well, we had gotten to the point where Leonie is living at home. Her life seems kind of stationary, where the lives of her various sisters are moving forward. Before we move into the next piece in the story, it seemed to me a good time just to read two quotations from her later letters, later life, when she reflects back on these early difficult years in her life. This is from a letter that she wrote when she was 62 years old, and she's writing to her three Carmelite sisters. This is the way most of this correspondence goes. Even if Leonie writes to one of them, she knows that all three are going to read uh, the letters. And what has happened, this is in 1925, which is the year in which Therese is canonized. So this is the year in which she has really almost exploded into view in the church's history. Two years earlier, in 1923, she was beatified. And now in 1925, she's been canonized. A priest, Monsignor Lavey, undertook the task to write a comprehensive biography of Therese, which he did. And Leonie has just received this book. Her three sisters in the Carmel, the distance between the the Carmel in Lisieux and the Visitation Monastery where Leonie lives her life is 
about maybe 27 miles. It's not very much, although it would have taken more time to travel because of roads in those days. But the three Carmelite sisters send everything that has to do with Therese to Leonie because they know she's extremely interested in everything that has to do with this. So they have just sent her this new first comprehensive biography of Therese, and she writes, I am thrilled with Monsignor Lavey's book, and you'll see this throughout in Leonie. She's just so grateful for everything that's done for her. It's very interesting, and I'm learning things that I didn't know at all. So imagine she is a member of the family, and she's learning things. You can see why she was just so fascinated with all of this. She notes how the author refers to her and her part in the story. I'm touched to see how tactfully he speaks of the, quote, unruly little devil, because I had an odious childhood intent upon spoiling our lovely holy family. Now, that translation here, an odious child, in French is une enfance détestable. And you can hear our, 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 literally a detestable infancy or childhood. A striking way to look back, and she can remember uh, just the years of suffering that she went through at that time. How merciful God has been to me. My heart should melt in gratitude and love for him for having placed my crib, that is, uh, my birth, in such an oasis of holiness and peace. And this, too, is deep into everything in the story of Leonie as the years unfold. That's the way my life was, but it hasn't stayed there. And she is just so grateful uh, to God and so grateful to the family in which she was born and raised that things were able to become different in her life. Not that the struggles ever entirely passed, but there was a real transformation as some of the titles in the various biographies will express it. Then this next is when she is 74 years old and she's writing to her oldest sister, Marie. Uh, it, it was 62 years ago today on the fine feast of the Holy Trinity and on the same date, so that feast falls on the same date this year, that I took my first communion. This is another quality of Leonie, a remarkable attention and memory for dates. She never forgets an anniversary in her sister's lives, in her own life. She'll note the number of years, the anniversary of her mother's death, and so forth. Would you believe it? 62 years ago, I had my first communion. Well, I have only sweet memories of it. That is that first communion. It wasn't the best day of my life because my childhood and early youth were times of suffering and very painful trials. Nevertheless, blessed be those days and years spent in tears. No, days and years spent in tears, for they did me much good. Again, as she can look back on them from where she is now so many years later. In other letters, she will write to her sisters that there is nothing that shines in me. Uh, elsewhere, I suffered a great deal from my inferiority. Uh, I suffered a great deal from my inferiority. And you know, there's one aspect of this that we have not touched on yet, spoken of fragility of her health, of her uh, intellectual uh, slowness, of her emotional uh, liabilities and struggles. But even physically, she felt very inferior to her other sisters. If you look at photographs of the five uh, sisters, 
you can see it. The other four sisters, in their individual ways, all have feminine attractiveness. Just they're physically attractive women. Leonie is not. She, she's very plain. One thing you will not see is her teeth, which were crooked. And she went through life like that. You, you don't see the teeth in any of these photos because they had to remain stationary for about nine seconds. So you never see open mouths in any of these uh, photos. Uh, her chin also is prominent. She was simply plain, and she suffered a great deal from even her physical plainness, um, certainly by comparison with the rest of her sisters. Then finally, she says in another of her letters, between me and my sisters, there is the difference of night and day. And Leonie would have to deal with this throughout all of her life. In fact, it was almost at the heart of her life, this profound sense of inferiority with respect to others, and certainly all of the others in her family. Her story could have easily become one of emotional lockdown, just frozen in her inferiority and the discouragement and almost despair that could have caused. And she could have gone through life as a bitter, closed woman, but she didn't. And the reason why she didn't is uh, what lies ahead in this story, and which is the source of such uh, enormous hope it's one of the deep reasons why people are so drawn to Leonie uh, these days. Here's just another small thing. Let's uh, put this in. And this is from the story of a soul of Therese. And it's the day of her confirmation. Because Leonie was her godmother for her confirmation. And that was a bond between them that was always precious to Leonie. So Therese writes, On that day I received the strength to suffer. For soon afterward, the martyrdom of my soul was about to commence. It was my dear little Leonie. Now this little, we're going to see this over and over again. It's an endearing word. My beloved, the one who is just so special to me. So they'll speak of each other with that uh, adjective frequently. It was my dear little Leonie who acted as my godmother. And she was so much moved that she was unable all through the ceremony to hold back her tears. She received Holy Communion with me, for I had the happiness on that beautiful day to unite myself with Jesus. Daily Communion was not a normal thing at the time, so it was always special when uh, she could receive Communion. All right, we'll, we'll still, uh, there's a further quotation now that I want to turn to in the story of a soul, and this will take us to the next piece in the story of Leonie. Um, at this point, Leonie is uh, 23 years old which is, um, you know, much older in that time than it is today. Many women would be married or settled in life uh, easily by this time. And years are passing. And what's going to happen in her life? At this point, uh, Pauline has already entered the Carmel, and Marie has announced that she will be entering the Carmel in October of this year, October 15th, the Feast of St. Teresa of Avila. And some of this now is just speculation around what happens. It's quite possible that the fact that Marie was now going to enter the Carmel may have triggered at this point in Leonie this desire, which she expressed even at a much earlier age, to be a religious. In any case, it seems that she begins thinking herself now about entering in religious life. And possibly, although again, as I say, this is speculation. She may, her thoughts may have turned to the convent of the poor Clares, 
in Alençon because uh, that was a part of the family life during their years there, those first 14 years of her life as she was growing up there. Her father was an avid fisherman all his life, loved to fish. He would bring his catch to various monasteries, and one of them was to the poor Clares. Later, he would bring them in Lisieux to the Carmel, and the sisters always were very grateful because they would otherwise not have had this in their diet. And he would bring fish regularly to the poor Clares, and her mother also, Zélie, frequently went there uh, to pray, and she was inscribed in a kind of third-order Franciscan group there and brought Leonie uh, a number of times with her to this convent. So it's conceivable that when Leonie begins to think about religious life again, her thoughts turn toward this uh, Carmel. I say this is hypothetical because she has a deep bond with the visitation nuns, where her aunt was and where she actually attempted a few times to go to the boarding school, and she had spoken of her desire to be uh, a visitation sister herself. Another piece may come into this. A Franciscan priest had preached a mission in uh, Lisieux at this time. Leonie had attended uh, the, the various talks, and she may have had some contact with this priest. And so there may be a, a link there as well. You have a Franciscan priest, and of course these are, so to speak, the Franciscan religious sisters, uh, the poor Claire's. In any case, the family takes a, a trip to Alençon, and it, it's uh, purpose, and it's the whole family, all of the daughters and their father, to give Marie one last chance to visit the tomb of her mother and to visit the various places and people that they know there before she enters the monastery. And in the course of that, the following takes place. One day, Leonie goes to speak with the sisters of the poor Claire, poor Claire's perhaps to discuss the idea of conceivably entering there. And Therese gives a somewhat detailed description of what takes place. So I'm just going to read this from the story of a, from the story of a soul. It was during this trip that Leonie made her attempt to enter the poor Claire's. All right. And this is from a note of her sister Pauline. So this would explain why she went to speak with the sisters. She went to express her desires to the mother superior who encouraged her to enter immediately and gave her the postulant's little habit, which is similar to the novices in this order, that is, the Carmelites. All right, so it was during this trip that Leonie made her attempt to enter the poor Claire's. I was saddened by her extraordinary entrance, and extraordinary is uh, underlined, for I loved her very much, and I hadn't even the chance to kiss her before her departure. So what was extraordinary here? Never will I forget the kindness and embarrassment of, of this poor little father of ours when he came to announce that Leonie had already received the habit of the poor Claire's. So what happens is that Leonie goes to speak with the mother superior, and whatever the purpose of the conversation was, the mother superior invites her then and there to enter the community. Uh, so nobody has any idea that this is going to happen and it takes everyone completely by surprise. So the various biographers uh, hypothesize as to why the Mother Superior might have done this. It just seems unthinkable that uh, this could have happened. Both on Leonie's part, although we know enough of her to know that she would be very, she could do things like this. You know, with good intention, she could do the wrong thing. But the question would be why the Mother Superior 
allowed this to happen or even um, promoted this. One possibility is that she, knowing Zeli and knowing this problem daughter, uh, was generously offering a solution for this daughter who had uh, no other real option. It may be a little less generously that she knew that Leonie was susceptible to change easily. And so she, so to speak, struck while the iron was hot when Leonie was disposed and invited her to enter right at that point. Another possibility is that Leonie, we've, we've talked in another setting about how Therese lost one mother after another uh, through death or when her second mother, Pauline, entered the Carmel and so on, and the impact of this on Therese. Leonie goes through something like this as well. She gets close to her aunt, her aunt dies. She just begins to, to get close to her mother. A few months later, her mother dies. Pauline uh, would always be kind of a, a mother for her, Pauline leaves. And now Marie, who is the mother, as it were, who takes Celie's place, is also leaving. And one of the biographers proposes that there's an almost desperate need in Leonie for some kind of a maternal nurturance and support, and that her thoughts may have turned to the poor Claire's because in some sense there was a link with her mother there. It was a place where there was a bond with her mother. Whatever the possibilities, conceivably this Franciscan priest that we mentioned might have encouraged her, although that's just speculation. Whatever the reason was, this is what happens, that she goes to speak there. And the next thing the family knows, she's already a member of this community as a postulant. So uh, Therese speaks of the kindness and embarrassment of their father when he shares this with the rest of them. He found this very strange, as of course I think we do as we, as we hear this. He found this very strange, just as we did, but he didn't want to say anything when he saw how unhappy Marie was about the matter. Unhappy is a generous word there because Marie was really just uh, furious about this. And I think a, a couple of reasons might explain that. One is, of course, her concern for Leonie. And she just knows this, 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 is, this isn't going to work, that this is disastrous. This should not have happened. But it's also conceivable, and this is just my own speculation, so I shouldn't give it any more weight than it has. This is a week before Marie herself is about to leave the family and enter the Carmel. And in a sense, Leonie, in the most gauche way imaginable, upstages everything. It's the time when she is saying the goodbyes, the family is getting ready for her to leave, and then out of nowhere, suddenly, a week before she's due to leave, this happens. He took us to the convent, and there I experienced a sort of contraction of my heart. Therese uh, just felt the opposite of attraction toward uh, the poor Clare convent, as such as I never felt at the sight of a monastery. This monastery produced the opposite effect which Carmel produced in me, for there everything made my heart expand. The sight of the religious didn't attract me in the least, and I was not tempted to remain among them. However, poor Leonie, so there's the adjective again, Poor Leonie was very attractive in her new costume, and she told us to get a good look at her eyes because we would no longer see them. And then Therese notes, the poor Claires have a custom of going around with eyes downcast, and your heart goes out to Leonie. 
with enthusiasm telling the family, you know, take a good look at my eyes because you'll never see them again when you know that this is this has no chance really of working. Get a good look at her eyes because we would no longer see them. But God was content with only two months of sacrifice. In fact, eight weeks later, it was already apparent that her physical and emotional uh, energies were simply uh, not up to this life, which is pretty austere. But God was content with only two months of sacrifice, and Leonie returned to show us her blue eyes, which were frequently moist with tears. When leaving Alençon, I believed that she would remain with the poor Claires, and so it was with a heavy heart that I left what she calls the sad street of the Demi-Lune, half-moon, that was the name of the street on which the monastery was held. When they got back to Lisieux and they shared this news with uh, their uncle, he said, don't be too disturbed, this isn't going to last. And as obviously, as we can see, that's exactly the way things turned out. So this was a first attempt on Leonie's part to fulfill the proposal or the desire for religious life, which she'd always had. And obviously, it was another source of embarrassment and tears and pain in, uh, in Leonie's life. I still am trying to grasp how the mother superior would then and there offer that invitation. That doesn't even seem to fit in with the same characteristics of what a poor Claire's monastery would do today. I mean, that just seems so sudden. I mean, even yes. that it would surprise her father. And of course, Leonie, it was like instant, I'm accepted, boom. And of course, she would go with it. But then it, it just, it's baffling to me, the mother superior's response in this situation. Well, I think it is baffling to any of us who read that episode, learn about it. And that's why I say in the biographers, you have various attempts to explain what might have been at work. And now the candidacy process for entering religious life or seminary in those days was not as rigorous as it is today. Of course, you had no psychological testing of any kind and, and so forth. So it's a little more conceivable that such things could happen in those days than now. But even so, it was so obvious to all of the members of the family that this was ill-advised. And you just wonder how the, how the mother superior could, if she was an experienced religious, how she could have conceivably done this. I just don't have an answer to that. Okay. Well, we go on again with the exceptional life of Leonie. Uh, Father Gallagher, it seems as though this moment in Leonie's life, it, it can be relatable to so many people who, and, and for parents and for family members of individuals, who seem to jump into situations. And, you know, I'm recalling some of the previous conversations that we've had. It seems as though it would be a failure just from the description that Therese gave about the tears in Leonie's eyes when she would come home. I'm thinking of Venerable Bruno Lanteri and tried the Carthusians when he was young. And then, oh, didn't work, had to go back. Here's one more instance of okay, that's all right, begin again. It's so apropos, don't you think? I think so. You know, oftentimes what seems to us as a closed door, when we had hoped that it would open into something new in our lives, is actually God's way of uh, leading us toward where he really wants us to be and where things are going to be fruitful. 
you mentioned Venerable Bruno. Sure, if he had um, been successful, now in his case, it only took eight days for the superior to realize that his health would not hold up to this. Um, the rest of that story, this close to 50 years of priesthood in the central city of his little nation in northern Italy and the impact of his life on really countless lives and uh, future figures of holiness, none of that would have happened. So you said before, I, I will repeat again, I think it's why it's so helpful for us to steep ourselves in the saints, because we see the end of the story. And that gives us a lot of hope. I, I'm just thinking of a couple times in my own life, I'll just mention one that comes to mind. At one point to complete my formation in uh, spirituality, I did a, a three-summer intensive program on the integration of psychology and uh, the spiritual life which was a great blessing. But uh, I got so enthused about it that I wanted to uh, do more. I wanted to get a master's in psychology in that and was just really excited and energized about this. The, the day came when I got back from the program, our superior general came and I sat down with him. I can still see myself sitting in this room speaking with him about this. And he listened very gently and said, Something like that perhaps someday could be possible, but right right now I really need you to do this, you know, the task that he had in mind for me. And of course, that never happened. If it had happened, I'm from this perspective, I would say it would have pulled me away from all of the work in spirituality with St. Ignatius and, of course, what we're doing now in the various books and so on. So I'm very, very grateful that the Lord closed that door when I, with all my energy, wanted to go through it. And there have been other experiences like that. Probably as I'm saying this, all of us can identify moments like this in our lives, which at the, at the moment seem disappointing or maybe even painful and perhaps very painful and confusing. You know, why didn't you let this work out? Everything seemed to be heading this way. Sometimes, it, and it take, may take years in our lives, a point comes when we look back and we can say, oh, okay, now I can begin to see this next uh, step or direction in my life could not have happened without that door not being open to me. So that's, that's a great observation, I think, Chris, and one which, again, I think engenders a lot of hope in us, uh, as I think this entire saga of, uh, of Leonie does. You know, Again, you could easily see at this point, closed door, discouragement, tears, life is over. Uh, what else is there to hope for? I wanted to be a religious. I tried. It, failed miserably. What lies ahead now, I don't know. And of course, there were a lot of tears, uh, as uh, Therese indicates in her story of the soul. You've been listening to A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this episode, Along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com or you can find it on the Discerning Hearts free app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for A Sister of St. Therese Servant of God Leonie Martin Bearer of Hope with Father Timothy Gallagher